It's a film with three brains. 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 I'm Santa Claus, and guess what, y'all? I got something to show. I came to bring some Christmas spirit. I got a big bag, now guess what's in it? Something for the rich and something for the poor. So Merry Christmas and ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, my foot. I'ma tell you what Santa really put under my so-called tree, but in reality, look like nothing but a decorated pole to me. Man, you talk about a tree, it makes me wonder, cause I never had a tree to put anything under. If I ever did look up and get a tree, there was never anything under it for me. Man, y'all should be glad that I didn't quit, cause I'm getting too old for this Santa Claus shit. Y'all think I'm getting presents made for free? I gotta pay them mails, and ain't nobody paying me. You big fat whale, you might as well quit, cause I can name a hundred presents that I didn't get. And if I did, Get a present and be a hand-me-down Yo, I got this for Christmas Now how that sound? It sounds good to me Cause I'm about to freeze You wanna see something? Look at the bottom of these Me and my brothers can't go out At the same time Cause a coat that's theirs Is a coat that's mine Man, I know one thing Y'all better get off my neck And wait till you get your welfare check Go on down to the office And stand on the line Better hurry up, see I got mine Jingle, jingle Jingle, jingle Jingle, jingle Jingle Hello, welcome to the film with three brains. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. Rawr. <laughs> and this is Sean in Chicago. That's just is that it. Dougie Fresh. That's it. Yeah, we got Dougie <laughs> no. Fresh join us from San Francisco. That's me <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, the film we are discussing in this episode is Beach Street, um, a 1984 uh, uh, American dance uh, drama, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. A breakdancing movie, sort of. It's a, it's a More, hip-hop movie. Yeah, it's a hip-hop film. Yeah, you're right. Not, not I mean, there is breakdancing, but it's not, it's not, it's not breaking. It's not about the breakdancing. Um, right. I remember, I remember when Beach Street came out on video. I didn't see it in the theater, I saw, but I did see it on video. I rented it. I remember because the video store, I don't remember which video store, was. I was like, I was stalking them because I wanted to see Beach Street. I was like calling them. Like, do you have any copies of Beach Street? No, they're still out. Do you have any copies of Beach Street? No, they're still out. And I call back an hour later. Do you have any copies in? Like, I don't know what it was. I was, I wanted to see this movie. I had seen, I know I, I'm pretty sure I saw Breaking in the theater and loved it because I, I mean, I was 10 and I was a dork, but Beach Street for some reason was like this holy grail of, of, you know, this sort of movie at the time. And so I couldn't wait to see, it. I was dying to see it. And so when we finally rented it, I was like frothing at the mouth. I couldn't wait. And like, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. It inspired me to perhaps take a piece of cardboard and <laughs> draw some dumb shit on it and do backspins on it in my spare time. Nice. I remember that cardboard. Yeah. I have a picture of it somewhere, actually. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't know where. It's not, not the whole thing. and It's not a picture of it. It's a picture of me on the cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see things like... Bristol Breakers. Oh, yeah. Written in Sharpie. Uh, drawn by the hand of someone with no artistic ability at 10 years old. I think in a manner he thinks was graffiti-esque and wasn't at all. <laughs> Not even a little. Just for, for, for our urban audience out there, they have to re- imagine this is happening in rural Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. 1984. <laughs> 1984, yeah. rural Wisconsin. Watching Beach Street on Betamax. The best format. So, had you guys seen it before this? Sam? I did, but I didn't remember any of it. Like, I 
And I was like, well, I know I saw Breakin', and I know I've seen Breakin' too. And I was like, maybe I didn't see this, but I'm pretty positive I saw this, but I just <laughs> didn't remember it. Well, there was uh, like, it was a, a sort of wider tombstone thing where they were coming out, uh, Breakin' and Beach Street were in production at the same time, and the producers were basically in a race to get it in the theaters first and Breakin' won. And Breakin' win, uh, Breakin made a shitload more money than Beach Street. Uh, probably as a result. I mean, Breaking got a got a sequel. Beach Street didn't. Come on. Well, yeah. John, you? I think. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't remember it at all. Yeah, either. I've definitely seen it, but it was on video. It was later, and I, for some reason, I also remember Breaking much better. Like Turbo, yeah. Turbo, and Ozone. Like, right. You, you know that sticks in your head, and I. I don't think Cohen, I think you were right that this is the better movie, but I it's weird how how much it's sort of like a like a cross of warriors and fame. <laughs> yeah. It is. That's a you really know, it's, great it's, description. It's New York and it's it they they talk about the gangs and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, the neighborhood and mm-hmm. I I think Breaking has that aspect too, but it doesn't come through as much as well, it does break in, in I think is in Los Angeles, isn't it? Yeah. It's more of a, so it's a it, little... this is a West coast, East coast thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which is why I see was in that one. He's the West coast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, beach street, I feel like has more, uh, street cred, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish I had seen break-ins just so I could compare the two, but from my memory, this, this was more something. I don't know if one yeah. is authentic, well, but. I think I think the primary difference is that Beach Street has sort of a point of view beyond just breakdancing. And breaking is, I mean, it's in the title. It's all about breakdancing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the focus of the plot. It's what every character is sort of doing and, and working towards is some sort of breakdancing thing. And Beach Street is sort of a little bit more than that. You know, that the breakdancing is, it's just an element that's there because it's 1984 and it's the Bronx and New York and hip hop is where, you know, the Bronx in the 80s or the late 70s is where hip-hop was created. Mm-hmm. So Beach Street is sort of a, you know, a, a not always successful representation of that to a certain extent. Yeah, some of the descriptions said, you know, this is for all the four elements of hip-hop. And I'm like, what? Four elements? Yeah, graffiti, DJing, uh, you know, <laughs> breaking, and, and rapping. rapping. I mean, yeah. 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 And it's, it's weird that we don't really, you know, that, that some of those parts have dropped off. Yeah. In well, importance. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's not surprising that we don't associate graffiti with, you know, with hip hop, but at the same time, it's, it's in our collective memory for sure. Yeah. You know? Right. It, it does kind of go together, but. Well, that's, and to know. me, that's why Beach Street is more interesting than Breaking is because there are, there's. A little bit of depth to it, at least, you know, yeah. you know, Beach Street is about characters doing stuff that m- sort of matter, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. breaking is just surface level garbage for the most part. Yeah. Know? Although there are, you know, there's some interesting parallels in the plotting of it. You know, the, the sort of inner city dudes who meet up with a female ballerina. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. Yeah, what was what the? I mean, do we want to do a synopsis or do we do? Oh, we okay, write? sure. Uh, yeah, synopsis. Nineteen um, eighties Bronx. A bunch of like, how old do you think these guys are? They're post high school. Well, two, they're, two of my brothers, tw- so they're early twenties. Uh, friends. Um, one's a DJ. One's a graffiti artist. One's like a promoter. I guess you would call him. Sort of mm-hmm. making their way in the early eighties. Bronx and the in the sort of the wave of hip hop being created as a as a as a you know a, a, a musical genre and uh, trying to just sort of find their way in the world and uh, in a New York City that's pretty rough at that you know in that era um, and so the graffiti guys trying to like you know he's an artist he has a family he's got a, a he's an, they're not married right. I don't um, think so. Girlfriend and they have a kid together. He's not really taking care of the kid. Her parents are. And his dad's like, get a job. He's like, I'm an artist. And then there's the DJ guy who's kind of wheeling and dealing with his 
friend who's like his manager and his little brother who is a break dancer, you know, with his little crew. And <laughs> um, I mean, there's not a there's not a whole lot of story to it exactly. It's not no. like a plot exactly. It's sort of more slice of life kind of thing. What it's like for these guys trying to sort of find their way in a world, you know, through hip hop, really. You know, in a city that's pretty restrictive in what's available to you when you're sort of on the poor side of things, you know. Yeah, there was a focus on space. Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And people sort of working through their differences through music and dance, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, the um, jumping ahead to one of the break dancing battles, or if, or if you want to dance battles, mm-hmm. the one in the the later one when they get broken up by the cops, right, and they get arrested. Yeah, I my main thought was, oh shoot, I was you know I wanted to see some more of that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's you know the whole idea because that makes me think of breaking as well because there's dance battles in that, and it's just sort of a a theme or thing that that happens but in the context of a movie it's i don't want to say it's silly because it's not but it's it's also kind of it is kind of bizarre or it's sure. or it's like west side story kind of a thing like you know mm-hmm. sharks and jets hopping around with each other but yeah in the context of this i mean the, the the better you can do make it mean something the the more I like it so they they never like fought with though you know it was like the beat street Breakers versus the were the other other guys. Uh, I don't know. Rocksteady crew, I think. Yeah, That's there were two crews. You know, they were yeah, both. right. And they, you know, they, da- they had a dance off in There's the club. Like the Bronx, Bronx Rockers and the Beach Street Breakers. Yeah. So you know they met in in the subway station and they had you know a short dance dance off at dance battle, whatever you want to call it. Which is which was you know it sounds like to me that just sounds dumb. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I could, I could see that happening, I guess. And then the fact that they're busted by the cops, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> makes it even more interesting because then you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, uh, the youngest of the crew, he's, he's, gets, he's in jail and his mom has to come and she's like, well, you know, there's, they could be doing a lot worse than this. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Lee, yeah, Lee, he was just like, we're just dancing, mom, we're just dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a subtext of of, you know, I don't want to say racial oppression, but there's definitely when you think of it now, like the messages are so positive and like yeah, you know, we meet you know, we're trying to do trying to do something here, like yeah. you were saying, like they're they're doing things. Right. I mean that's but that's kinda one of the things I find sort of charming about this film is that the people in it, you know, the characters are, you're right. They're, they're trying to find like the positive and, and what is, could be construed as sort of a very negative situation for most of them, you know, and they're, they're, they're doing their thing. They're artists, you know, they're struggling artists, you know, if they were white, they'd live in Bushwick in Brooklyn and no one would arrest them and they'd be fine. You know, mm-hmm. I suppose is one way of looking at it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so the, I mean, the, the fact that we're even talking about subtext makes Beach Street to me <laughs> automatically better than Breaking, which is I, very surface level and very silly, you know. I, I think that th- this movie is um, this movie deserves someone to go through it and make a, a pop up blurbs. Throughout like the whole pop-up movie. video, like in VH1, yeah, yeah, like yeah. VH1 used to <laughs> oh, do, yeah. or like, <laughs> yeah, that. sure. There is so much history, yeah. The, the people, the actors that they chose, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the you know, Shah Rock, the, the sure. first female rap artist, yeah. You know, well, that's the other thing it. about Beach Street that makes it so much better than, it, than Breaking is the music and the people, yeah, who are in the movie are the real, real people, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what I mean that itself was a genius move you know yeah. to, to do that and for, for me watching the movie i was you know it's like oh my gosh you know that really is cool modi and dougie yeah. fresh like these are names mm-hmm. like these are the people who for us at that you know in that age were, were the introduction 
you know, to rap and hip hop. Like mm -hmm. they're all in this movie, you know, yeah. and it, I mean, that's, it's, it's a, it's, and it's done in a way that they have bit parts, but they're all doing their thing, right? you know? Mm -hmm. that's it's it's pretty cool like i don't think many people these days know like oh who's you know dougie fresh the 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 father of beatbox you know like yeah. the you know like that's that's history right there and you ha and you have them doing it right in the yeah. movie you know like it's mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's pretty awesome yeah I, I really enjoyed all that and i was watching it with v it was, which was funny because V's like, oh, do you remember when people used to always do, you know, dance on the, you know, break dance on the street? I'm like, no, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, so, you know, so no, <laughs> you know, but for her, it was like, this oh, was yeah, stuff that she'd they're seen. They're down at the Bristol truck stop every day. <laughs> right. and you know, and so, so our experiences were different, but we still, we still remembered the music. We still remembered the people and, yeah. and that together. Um, and the other thing is that, by coincidence, um, I went to New York City with my family um, that at that time. I remember when everyone was wearing, you know, the parachute pants, <laughs> the 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 um, Michael Jackson jacket, you know, from from uh, Thriller. Uh, no, the the red one with the zippers, from... all, the, all the all the zippers from uh, it's is it beat it? Beat it or oh, Billy beat it Jean. Or Billy Jean. Yes. One of them. Anyway, it's so uh, the Michael Jackson jacket, the fluorescent clothing, the bandanas. So there were people with boom boxes and all that. Like I actually, you know, for a couple of days of my life, I actually got to see people trying to, you know, people breakdancing to make money on the street. You know, so for <laughs> me, it was also this really nostalgic thing for that trip. You know, that was my, I'd been in New York once before that when I was even younger, but didn't really remember it. And for, so for me, that's my first vision and my, my <laughs> first real experience of New York was, was that. And then, you know, this captures it. So, yeah, I thought, I thought from a, from a, I, I could forgive it for not having much of a plot. And instead it was like a, a, a trip through time, a, yeah. this time cap, this historic time capsule, which you wouldn't expect from this movie. Like there's, yeah. you yeah. know. I thought a lot about how the rap, I mean, how the style of rapping has changed so much. And, oh, yeah. Um, in a weird way, because, I mean, you know, Kumo D, everyone, everyone in this movie enunciates very clearly yeah. and, has, and has a very sort of on-the-beat style, like a, the Run the MC sort of mm -hmm. style. Um, the, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Again, like... <laughs> we've established in past in the past but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i do notice that you know the cadence is yeah uh i'm gonna go out on a limb here i probably shouldn't but i'm gonna say <laughs> it's it's more white i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stick my stick my neck out here um <laughs> sorry if this, if this is offensive i i apologize in advance but it, it's just more white and i feel like that's that may have been sort of a concession to like well actually no i i have no again i have no idea what i'm talking about but it just it's just weird that that you know hip hop had to sort of prove itself to mainstream yeah. america you know and now it's now it's accepted now it's normal now there's you know it's it's changed you know trap and all these there's there's so many different styles and there and they the, the trends change quickly or you know yeah um but just to have it start with sort of the you know, wrapping over a loop and the, you know, the break and the whole, <clears throat> excuse mm -hmm. me, <clears throat> it's just, it's fascinating, but it doesn't make it, um, any less important. I mean, it's because, yeah, like I, you know, if this is the, the genesis of hip hop, then that's, that's something we're going to, you know, they're going to be looking at this in a hundred years and be going, wow, this is, this is where it started. This is how it happened. You know, just the way, um, you know, all other music history has a sort of a, you know, yeah, you, you talk about the Beethoven's and the box and stuff like that with reverence. And, and I think we were eventually we're going to be doing that with the, with stuff like this. Yeah. Well, like how often do you witness the birth of a new musical genre? Exactly. Well, 
you know, ten this... years later with grunge. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. and then yeah. nothing. <laughs> so I feel like that's a that's a subset of. I don't know this this seems different. Yeah, this is more. No, this is totally different. Unheralded, yeah, and, like a wholly you know, new thing, which is interesting. It is. I, I think, uh, you know, going back to what Sean was saying about what it is, I think to me, I don't, uh, to me, it's like there was a crispness, a clarity. The the voice was over the music. The music was really simple. And there's a mm-hmm. lot more storytelling. Like those yeah. are the, that to me is early rap. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you, when you think of, you know, in, it, you know, and I know it was a couple of years later, but parents just don't understand is to me like <laughs> the epitome of, of that sort of thing. It's, you know, it's. You know, and, and same with, you know, plenty of things on for Run DMC, they're, they're, they're stories, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that are being told. And, you know, there, and then a little bit of the, little bit of the battles, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, like to me, you know, listening to the women rap, I immediately thought of the real Roxanne, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, also stories, a little bit, of, a little bit of, you know, the rap battle, the yeah. attitude sort of thing. Um but yeah, it's um, it's Kango it's from UTFO. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I saw those hats. That's immediately what I thought yeah. of. <laughs> so it said somewhere the, the producer kid. was insisted on yeah. that. They were like, eh, but they wanted Pumas and Kangol hats. Yeah. So, you know, somebody um, said, yeah, let's. I don't know, whatever. Well, I will say that this is obviously not my purview. Music in general isn't, but this specifically, but. You know, I, I would never have ever called my. I've never considered myself a fan of of hip hop or rap, and it's just not it's not my thing, and that's fine. But I really like the music in this movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I really it's, like. Like we've been. Li- like my son's been listening to it ever since we watched it. <laughs> he he asked for you know we played Christmas rap for or not Christmas rap because uh, that one's got a little uh, the lyrics a little raw. I forgot what uh, other things by the treach uh, by uh, was it treacherous three treacherous three yeah. yeah. And he really likes it. I think part of the thing I like about it is, it, you know, I and I, I've only recently been started to sort of be self-aware of how much I enjoy positivity in sort of my entertainment. And I never used to be this way. And I think maybe just having kids has changed me because when I when I experience some sort of like song, music, TV, whatever, and it's positive. In some sort of interesting way, I, I, I gravitate towards it much more than I ever would have in my youth, or my even in my adult youth. And it probably has something to do with having kids, making me soft and shit. But like <laughs> listening to the music fact. in this in this in this movie, I was like, I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily inspired, but it, it, kinda, you know. Yeah, no. That, like that, I really that, liked, I really enjoyed it, and like thinking about the evolution of this and people creating this from nothing. And the things they're they're singing about and rapping about and you know and and yes it has a dark side and they're talking about serious issues but they're talking about how they're trying to overcome it you know the things they're doing yeah. with base you know as artists trying to overcome this shit as artists with their art to mm-hmm. me is is far more interesting than you know people rapping about themselves you know which is right. often the case and there's no they did it without vulgarity yeah you know. Uh, not to say that no one ever swears, but it's just, it's not, it's, it is, it had, it has more of a message. And yeah, I, I, to me, I think the Christmas rap is, is alone reason to watch this entire movie. <laughs> like I, I, I thoroughly great. enjoyed it. Cause I was like, this is, this is to me the, 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 the beginning of rap, you know, like the, the things that I was introduced to and I was just like, you know, so there's a huge nostalgia thing, but also just seeing what they were doing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really fucking funny. <laughs> it is. Intentionally it is. so. You know, it's like really yeah. funny. I have one small critique about yes. that part. <laughs> uh, cool OD Santa Claus is wearing uh, the entire suit, but only his head is, show- is sticking out. Because <laughs> they show him from the back like, oh, as you see, like, <laughs> he's getting into character, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> he's living it. He's living it. Yeah. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you're calling the last episode when I when I told you guys we were doing Beach Street I said I could remember all the words to the Christmas rap and? I was way wrong <laughs> I remember I remember all the words sure to like the first three verses 
<laughs> I yeah. totally forgot that it's like 20 verses. It's really long. <laughs> it's really long. And, and, and as I was watching it, it, I, it was ringing bells. Like after I heard, it, I was like, oh, I remember that part. Oh, right. I remember that part. But like the first three verses, I would, or the first three, uh, what do you call that? Um, Stanzas? Stanzas. Stan- yeah. Like I, 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 I could sing, I could definitely sing those. And I don't know why that sticks in my head. I'm pretty sure I saw B Street once in 1985 when it came out on video and I was so fucking yeah. excited. You know, for all they got the mouthwash, B Street, yes, finally. And then I never saw it since. I don't know why that would stick in my head. I don't recall ever listening to it since then. It's just something about it was very memorable. Wait, you really haven't seen it since? I don't think so. I don't remember ever watching B Street that since is, then. That is bizarre because it really did stick in your head. Just like, that though. Well, everything but the whole else, movie, like, like I, I've, I, I've seen it. I remember, I like, yeah. I remember, um, uh, what's his name, Ramo. I remember yeah. him screaming "spit," and I knew that he died. I don't remember. I couldn't remember how. Yeah. Everything else, I didn't really remember at all. But I remember the words to the first three <laughs> stanzas of Christmas rap. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. And I remember some of the words to the end. Uh, when DJ Kenny or whatever is uh, singing the Beach Street, or, you know, singing the Beach Street song, Beach Street, King of the Beach, you know, that song. Yeah. And then, you know, Grandmaster Mel, uh, what's his name, uh, comes out and continues, and it's clearly the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny was not rapping. <laughs> yeah, Kenny was not rapping. Uh, Kenny, the actor who plays Kenny, is a jazz musician, hmm. is what it says in Wikipedia. Um, I had the tape. I had a tape because there were supposed to be three. They only released mm-hmm. two, but I remember there, it, it was like, part, I don't know if I had part one, but I had the beat street King of the beat that, that rap. I remember that one. Yeah. because I, I had that tape, but I didn't have the other one. And it didn't like, for some reason it didn't inspire me to go back and watch the movie. I just had the tape. I'm like, Oh, that's good enough. You know, <laughs> I wonder, you know, I wonder if I had the tape. I wonder if that's why I, that, that the Christmas rap sticks in my brain. Maybe I had it on cassette. I don't remember ever yeah. having it, but maybe I did because I used to buy tapes that were sound, you know soundtracks to films. And uh, I did too. Yeah, fucking ghost. Do you, you, know, do you remember sorry. that Columbia House, whatever you know that that yeah. shit? You remember sure. when I did it at school? We had to yeah. sell candy bars or something. Yeah, and we would get rewarded with those tapes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember. I probably have a few of them somewhere, but. I mean, yeah, I bought like the Back to the Future soundtrack. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was so bad at, at choosing music. I mean, I st- <laughs> I, it's a it's a thing for me. I mean, yeah, that's all right. It wasn't as bad as me, I'm sure. I mean, I'm I was buying Weird Al fucking albums and when we were kids. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, Weird Al was a masterpiece compared to some of the shit I was getting. Yeah, I mean, I I got that Starship. You remember when that was the that oh, god awful. We built this city song. Sure, I, I had that album. I had that. You should love that, that song. Yeah, I was like, oh, I like that song. I'll get the tape. Someone voted that as the worst rock song of all time. Oh, yeah. there's, there's an amazing article about ago. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's incredible. The I don't think it, that's fair. By the way, they all no. talk about it, and they, yeah, it's it's incredible. I remember I used to buy audio cassettes at the, um, uh, what was it, uh, the Seven Mile Fair? Do you guys remember that? Sure. Oh yeah, the used ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to yeah. buy those, and they were Just, like, I didn't know what they were at the time, but they were those were like the knockoffs from China. Yeah, exactly. All the all the liner <laughs> notes were wrong and shit, <laughs> and I thought it was really funny. I didn't understand why. I don't know. You know, I would, I'd buy. I bought. I remember buying like a George Michael cassette or like a Wham cassette, and it had the notes from you know like, um, I don't know, like Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, look at this. This cost me two bucks. It's all wrong. Ah. <laughs> no idea why. See, that's that's the smart way to do it. You don't want to you don't want to sell 100 candy bars and then buy a bunch of shit, you know. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah. But yeah, they were supposed to have three uh separate release and it was the first movie that had multiple soundtracks released. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because yeah. you'd think that that would have been thought of before, but I guess yeah. not. The only other one I could think of was Dirty Dancing. They did Dirty Dancing, and then they did more Dirty Dancing. Ah. And I own both of those on audio cassette. Nice. For the kids under 30, audio cassettes. P-date <laughs> CDs, remember those? No, probably not. All right, whatever. We had an 8-track yeah. player in my house when I was a kid. And a record player. 
Yeah, it's crazy. The record players are still. They, I think they're running out of vinyl now. I think that there's a. Are they bit still of a producing shortage. vinyl? Yeah, they're still producing yeah, vinyl, yeah, but there's do. a shortage. Oh, the raw material, you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, for collectors, I mean, most you know people that are. Yeah. Audiophiles still like records. Yeah. We have a, a record player here, and, and probably maybe like fifty albums. Most of them are. One's from my dad or uh, one Sam's uh, grand, uh, parents or grandfather had. A few are, we, we, over the years, I've bought a few old-ass co- comedy albums on vinyl. Really old stuff. Nice. Rodney Dangerfield and shit like Ooh, that. Ooh, that'd have been, yeah, that'd have been a keeper. Or Richard even older, Even older stuff like uh, Bob Newhart and <laughs> some <laughs> That's old shit. He's got some good the, stuff, the too. The Smothers yeah. Brothers and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my Joe my Rivers, dad's entire he had a whole record collection and it was it got burnt up in the fire. So ah, <laughs> fuck. That sucks. So I, I think that was part of the reason I never started buying albums or, or vinyl, because I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> if I had a bunch already, that'd be great, but <laughs> Yeah. I'll stick with my tapes and my CDs and my And then yeah, you know, MP3s came along and uh who the hell knows. Meanwhile, yeah. back at the review for Beat Street. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're talking about it in a roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some some rando thoughts I, I noted while I was watching it. Um, one, you know, there's the guy named Special K, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a real person, who makes me wonder if, if Breakin was, like, poking fun at them because they're, they're female, they're Ray Don Chong, they called Special K. Oh, that's right. I forgot her, her name was Kelly. Right? She was she was the uh, the ballerina who was you know, interested <laughs> in, in breakdancing and bullshit. They called her Special K. Um, their mom, Lee and Kenny's mom, uh, the actress named Mary, Mary Alice. Did Alice. You, re- you recognize her? Of course, from mm-hmm. the Matrix. She's the Oracle. She's the Oracle number two. Yeah, yeah. she's not the. But first she's one. also a double up. Oh. Is she? Yeah. From what? You gonna, Sean, you're going to... Oh, I'm, I'm seeing her face now, and I know you're right, but I can't think of it. I think Kevin Costner. Is Kevin. she in a perfect world? Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's the wife. She's the wife. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Nice I forgot. I didn't do my homework this time. Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um... Also, I read a thing that said, uh, I didn't know this because I, I don't think I've actually ever seen Style Wars, the documentary, but um, I read a thing that said Beach Street lifted a few key plot points from Style Wars, uh, namely the, the spit uh, character, the, yep. the, uh. the, 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 like the, the evil tagger, or, you know, graffiti artist, but yeah. I've never seen Style Wars. I mean, I know what it is. I'm, I'm aware that it exists. I just, I don't think I've ever watched it. So I took a couple of folklore classes in um, college along with mythology. And one of the folklore classes, we actually watched Style Wars. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're, because the, the purpose of the folklore class was to, that he was, to, was, was a modern folklore, you know, like what are the things, you know, there, there's, what are the things that we're kind of surrounding ourselves with that we, that we create, you know, we create meaning to and, and all this that have story. And so the style Wars is one of the things we watched and cap was the name of the, um, uh, uh, graffiti artist who would spray over, um, everyone else's work. And I remember there was an artist named, I think Taki one eighty three, um, who put his name everywhere. And that was one of my other early memories of going to New York was seeing the subway cars just covered. Yeah. And it was, it was a couple years later <clears throat> that the mayor said, okay, we're going to clean up the city. And they had crews that would mm-hmm. paint the cars every single day that they would just keep <laughs> painting over the graffiti so that they could they, because they realized they couldn't they tried this you know these positive messages like you're defacing the city and you know like try to have a campaign to convince people not to do it but finally what they did was like okay we're just going to paint over their artwork every single day and that's that's how they that's how they stopped it that's how they broke war of attrition yeah (laughs) like they're gonna run out of paint before we do yeah that's crazy that's funny that and then that you know in watching the movie 
And they, you know, that and at that one point when the white train car comes in, it's all yeah. white. It's like, what the fuck is that? There's no white train car. They, they, why would they paint that? There's no train. They're not going to paint it white and then put it. Like, that was silly. Yeah, yeah. painted black. I mean, it was silly. They, whatever. They don't paint them at all. They're just metal. Color. They're metallic, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. The white train, the, the you know, the white whale. Yeah. <laughs> Mythical white train. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of interesting because Ramon was seem, was on a mission and he really yeah. believed that his, this is how he was getting his, his message into the world was yeah. making these beautiful murals on trains. Mm-hmm. Did anyone's, has anyone seen Wild Style? It's like 1983. I saw it years ago when we were very young, probably high school or maybe a bit younger. I don't remember it at all though. I mean, it's right in this wheelhouse, but I, yeah. I, I have no memory. I don't think I've seen it at all. But yeah. I think it focuses most on the graffiti as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was interesting seeing uh, when I was watching it. I, I I noticed, you know, scenes where they're in the subway. There's at least one or two scenes that were at Hoyt Skimmerhorn in Brooklyn, which is a very uh, a very common site for film shoots that take place in the trains because they have. Uh, the interior tracks going Brooklyn bound and Manhattan bound. And then they have the exterior tracks that are further out that are not in use. So they can park the trains and the platforms are quite large. They filmed uh, a music video for bad Michael Jackson's bad at Hoyt Skimmerhorn and a bunch of other stuff. I remember years ago when I lived in Brooklyn, um, seeing the trains in the station, on the outer tracks, which they normally weren't and all the lights set up because they were filming the remake of, um, the taking of Pelham one two three, with uh, oh. Denzel, Denzel Washington and John Travolta. I remember yeah. that for weeks they were there. And we're like, hey, look, they're in the movie. Yay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, you can actually if you go to that train station, um, you can see some of the leftover signs. They've left a few up here and there where they, you know, they put different signs up to for their shoots, and then they just left them. There's a few of them there still. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. So I moved to New York in 1999 from small town Wisconsin. And I worked, uh, I was driving a forklift at a transfer company. And when I told the guys while I was, why I was quitting to come to, I was going to move to New York. The one thing they, almost everyone said to me, and, and this is very bizarre and how consistent it was, is aren't you worried you're going to get shot? Oh, I had shot. that same thing when I moved to Oakland. Yeah. You're gonna Aren't die. you worried you're going to get shot? <laughs> and then I realized, you know, I was watching this movie. I'm like, you know, people in small town Wisconsin in the 80s, their whole opinion of New York, their whole worldview of that city is based on movies like Beach Street, Fame, you know, Mean oh. Streets, <laughs> Taxi Driver. <laughs> it's all part of this like, oh, my God, you're going to go, you know. And yeah, I mean, in the 70s and 80s, it was a rough city. It was a bankrupt city. Then there was poverty and crime and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think we've all just, we've all found that as we've, we moved away from Wisconsin is that it's really not, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a big world out there. Let's, right. let's put it that way. I mean, yeah. it's just, just a place that there people are, live, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and the people that, that live there. I mean, do they, I mean, sure. They, they want crime. They don't like crime, but they don't walk around thinking, Oh, I'm about to get shot at any second. <laughs> or, I mean, even a movie like boys in the hood, like there are people, you know, there are people that you know that you're looking out for. It's like knowing, it's like knowing the terrain, knowing where yeah. you are, who, right, who right. you know, what, what street you're on, where, where to go, where to not go. Mm-hmm. Knowing the rules of any knowing given the place you're at. Yeah. Right. Being familiar. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that would be foreign for, I mean, I understand if, if you've lived in Wisconsin your whole life or somewhere like that and you've, you just don't spend a lot of time in cities, but, but I think people do tend to think that way every time they go to a city too. Like they're like, well, what time did you go? Oh, you went, you didn't leave till nine thirty or 10 o'clock. Oh boy. You know, <laughs> like this, <laughs> this awe of like, Oh, you went out late in this, in a city in downtown, yeah. you know, like, well, yeah, I mean, it happens. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe kids don't think that way anymore because there's 
guns and drugs everywhere now. Yeah. You know? But I mean, that's, but so, that's what they thought 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, they thought there were guns and drugs everywhere, you know, get tough on crime. That whole thing was happening when we were growing up. And I mean, <laughs> is it, is it substantially worse? I don't, I mean, there's certainly a lot more guns. I know that, but. And there's a lot more drugs. Is there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> go to the wrong street corners, I guess. I don't know. Been looking all over the place. No, I, I don't mean to make light of any anybody's experiences, but it does seem like people get kind of caught up in their own small. Well, I think I think Cohen's sure. point is best was like you see them, you see these things in movies, and you imagine that's what happens when you go to that place. Yeah. You you picture it in your head. You're like, oh wow. Someone got stabbed there two years ago. Like, oh, okay. That's too bad. But <laughs> as we said in one of these recent episodes, we could uh, have uh, John Wayne Gacy or, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, all kinds of madness out there. Mark Twain has a great quote travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow mindedness. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So, so we, go ahead. Just a couple observations. Did you notice that no one does the worm the entire movie? Get out of here, really? There's no Wait worm. Wait a second. <laughs> there's some there's donkeys. Like helicopters. Donkey kicks. And yeah. There's all sorts of that. Yeah. But there's no worm. <laughs> speaking, speaking of helicopter, I would just like to... Um, make a confession so we we spoke of my cardboard my lamo attempts to make graffiti on it with sharpies and what have you bristol breakers another dumb shittery that was on it but in uh you know my 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 brief tenure as a as a break dancer in the early 80s wearing my parachute pants my bandanas and all that bullshit one thing haunts me and then I was never able to figure out how to do a proper helicopter. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Man. You do that first leg swing around and then you, <laughs> and then you just flop right back in your face. Just for a second. You're like, I got yeah. it. I got it. Oh, you know, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm bullshit still. There's only, there's only, I won't say there's only two things, but there's two things in my life I've never been able to figure out how to do that, that bother me. One is the helicopter, as I have mentioned, and the other is riding a unicycle. Oh. I don't Sam, know Sam, what you know relevance that, that is, but I had a unicycle when I was a kid. Someone gave me, and I could never figure out how to ride it, and it drove me friggin' crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, walking <laughs> Jinx in the trails, in the woods, <laughs> Yeah. And there's a guy with a unicycle <laughs> with on. a mountain bike tire on it on the trails. Oh, really? I'm like, you can do this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. That just seems impossible. <laughs> he's like, it's, yeah, it's sweat coming off of me. He's like, it's a workout. I'm like, what? <laughs> Seriously, dirt trails, unicycle. That's awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos huh. him. Who knew? <laughs> okay, but we all, I think, at some point, ha we were. I remember some breaking names being thrown about. Oh yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Oh really? I believe. Let's hear him. I believe. Cohen claimed corn pop. <laughs> 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 I, I was, oh shit! Sure. Really I don't remember so, that at all. That's I awesome. feel like. I feel like you claimed it, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Corn pop. That is so Perfect appropriate Wisconsin for small town <laughs> I'm corn popping, y'all. And then I think... I think, Sam, you or I... I can't believe I don't remember who, because I obviously they were short-lived. If you're going to say Frosted Flake... <laughs> no, no, no. It, somebody had Poppin' Taco. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> Okay, maybe that was me. Maybe I, I was trying to. I was still reeling from losing corn pops. So I was like, oh, that's the best I got. 
Oh man, yeah. <laughs> reeling from losing corn pops. Yeah, you. I mean, I didn't go as far as you. You had the cardboard. You had mm-hmm. the. Gl- I think you had gloves, didn't you? I might have with the cutoff I, fingers. Yeah, oh, he did have God, gloves I with cutoff fingers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta find that picture. I have it somewhere. It's just awful. It's just awful. Listeners, please for, please forgive us. Take this in the spirit it was given. We're you know yeah. we're, we're confessing these things <laughs> with an open heart here. It was judges. I mean, it was a year know. for 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 you know wardrobe changes because there was also Karate Kid. Yeah. You know where oh yeah. So bandanas came up twice. You know like you could have it around your head. You could have it around your wrist. You could have it around your leg, your ankle. Yeah, like just There's under like, the knee. Yeah. I think I'll do that. I think I'll maybe I'll show up to work tomorrow with a bandana just under my knee. See. Yeah, I think you should definitely <laughs> do that. That would be awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, but that's. That, I think that really shows you how prevalent that was. Like, how sort of small the the culture. I mean, we didn't have the internet. We didn't. Ha- we saw movies and MTV, and we saw things like that, and that was what we cared about at the time i mean there wasn't you know (laughs) a lot of variety you know like the culture sort of just washed over middle america and we were just like yeah yeah that's cool and we all kind of adopted it although do you guys remember this is a change of subject completely but you remember you know we would go to those middle school dances and stuff Mm -hmm. sure didn't it seem like you know like violent femmes blister in the sun that was like really popular right away like every dance, I, I swear it was like for years, they would play that song. And I always thought everyone knew that song. And apparently that was more, I mean, cause they're a Midwest kind of band. It's not, it wasn't really as well known or am I no? just making this up? I don't know. I don't Maybe really everyone knew remember. about this. Yeah. Right. We'll save that for another time. But I'm just saying like whatever, when everyone, whatever somebody was into, everyone was into. Oh yeah. Like everyone was into yeah. breakdancing at that time. Sure. Sure. You know? Yes. We all, like, that was it. That was what dancing was at the time. At 1985, that was it. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, we we got a little later than, you know, New York City, but we got it. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're a few years behind as it made its way west. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm just saying, kids, be grateful. You have the internet. You have, you have free will, freedom of choice, freedom of expression. <laughs> Don't be a you have automaton. Options. You have options. Be yourself. Do what you want. Yeah. So it's probably worth noting that Harry Belafonte produced Beat Street, and that's probably why yes, the music is. is so good. Yes. Why the soundtrack is so fantastic is because he wanted it to be. That reminds me of a point I was thinking of at the top, which was what the hell was with the guy at the school and the love interest who is Tommy Chong's daughter by the way which I never really realized um, oh yeah Ray Dong Chong Ray Dong Chong Ray, yeah yeah um, so what's what's the well, deal yeah like why did like she like he thinks that they're gonna be an item and then he yeah. sees her hug that guy mm-hmm. who's like a professor at the school or something what who knows mm-hmm. and then he's like oh I don't know we're just we have our own stuff going on mm-hmm. but then she still says something i mean like they're still together at the end sort of yeah so i'm not really sure what like it must be a cut scene or something like what what yeah what exactly it was very underdeveloped sure like they're they're an item and then they're not what i didn't understand is exactly is maybe maybe i missed it maybe i wasn't paying attention is why they showed up at her ballet uh place at all and what they were expecting and why they were mad when they left the first time yeah. So what's his name? The little Lee. Know, Lee. He was yeah. Yeah. he was trying to impress her because he thought yes. he was gonna get um he was gonna be in the show, right? In her like ballet show? Something like that. I guess I, mean, I missed I sort of missed that part where the she was there and he was dancing and she talked to him. Right. And then they like the next day or whatever, they show up. And she's like, oh, well, I explained it all to Lee. And they're like, eh, up your... And they left, you know. I, I, yeah. And I, they grabbed I, the tape. Yeah. Which was... Whatever that was. I don't right. even know. 
Maybe I just wasn't paying attention at that point. I don't know. Maybe my no, it was weird because they show they they show him dancing, and then there's a small TV that they show him yeah. on that he's dancing. Like so, it's you're supposed to get the idea that they're, they're taping this. I guess it was yeah. a weird so my, cut, but. My my impression was that, you know, she gives him the card, you know, after she sees him dance. And he's going there thinking that it's more of an audition, that it's going to lead to something. Right. And her, but instead, she wants to tape them doing their dance moves so that she can borrow some of what they do for her production. But oh. without, so that's why the guy gets mad. He's like, you think you can just take, oh, you know, take from us. Yes, mm-hmm. he's like you're just you're biting better. off a piece of us, yeah. and so without them actually being included. Ah, okay. So, that yeah. makes sense. You know, some of these movies that we review, the plots are so dense, <laughs> and you know, the, the it's hard to follow text and all that. Yeah, but that's why I'm here. Thank you know? you. <laughs> Appreciate you sussing that out for us. No, I I think they had they must have had three hours of footage, and they had to narrow it down to a hour and 45 minute story yeah because they had to cut the they had another apparently they recorded another dance battle at the final show they had to cut that completely Hmm. they had to cut a lot of stuff yeah the uh the big dude that bangs on pipes i can't remember Mm -hmm. who he's what his deal is but (laughs) what is his deal by that it's really he's he's really the, the oddball of the whole thing i think but because he shows up and he's like, oh, I knew this guy in the army and uh, <laughs> I know, I've been thinking really about weird. him for a year and, uh, you know. You got any food? You got any food? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's like part of their crew. <laughs> yeah, he's in the crew. <laughs> Never get to see what he actually does except for that first part. Like, oh, that he bangs yeah. on stuff. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But I mean, I don't understand what that has to do with any. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Nothing to do with anything. Non sequitur. No, I mean, it's, it's, I think it was trying to be inclusive or something, you know, the way that they sort of get attached to each other. I don't know. So, you know, so you know how we always talk about, should this be remade? <laughs> I was just thinking how awesome, not so much this, but how awesome would it be if someone remade Breakin? Mm. <laughs> Takes place in 1984. <laughs> yes. Well, and try and try and capture the... The lunacy of 1984 breakdancing culture. Yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. B Street, I don't know. I don't know. Like, someone could take a shot at it, I suppose. But I think Breaking in particular would be really funny. Yeah. Because it would be <laughs> intentionally funny or... or no, intentionally fun. funny. because oh, okay. intentionally. Like, because, like, if a filmmaker played it super straight and, and made, like, an honest-to-God remake of Breaking, trying to keep it totally straight try and capture yeah. that era and how funny that would be yeah to, to today's audience yeah i know i mean 80, 80s nostalgia is at an all-time high right now i mean you got yeah. stranger things all sorts of things everywhere mm-hmm. you go there's 80s music mm-hmm. yeah this is the time <laughs> do it it is who owns the rights to break and well i don't know but i tell you what shouldn't have been remade? Footloose. <laughs> what one? Footloose. Footloose. Oh yeah. Have you seen? I didn't that? see it, but oh my god, it's it's insulting. You watched it? I watched it because <laughs> well, first of all, insults. Well, okay, all right. This it's it's it is related because uh, as much as I remember Breaking, and I guess I vaguely remember Beat Street, I definitely remember the end of Footloose and watching sure. those guys. All white dudes, of course, in middle America, in the mm-hmm. podunk Iowa. town. But there, there's some amazing breaking in, in that, in that dance. There's like whatever. the one guy. There's like the one guy. Basically, one of them was good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough. It made an impression, and I they did it right. in such a, they they cut it into the dancing yeah. in a really good way, and and confetti like it's right. a good bit of filmmaking they did in that yeah. part. It is, and it it definitely stuck with me. Yeah. But here's the here's the problem. I mean, you can say 
Footloose is a bad movie, and I won't disagree with you. Wait, but, the old one? Yeah, the old one. It is I'm, not a bad movie. I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's awesome. I love it. I like okay, it. In we're going to have to. Inordinate <laughs> amount. I like yeah, it. I'd love to dedicate an episode <laughs> yeah. to it because it's fucking awesome. Which is why I'm so I've protective. I've watched this since the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I mean. You should watch it again. It's fantastic. As a general statement, watch the first one. Do not watch the second one because what they did in the second one was take, instead of Run from Chicago, they yeah. got this guy from Boston. I don't know who the actor is, but he's got a thick Boston accent, yes. which does not help in any way, shape or form. And they try what their, their idea was, okay, it's it's set now, same storyline, same, all the same conflicts, same town, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they change the, instead of the chicken fight with the tractors, they do buses, a demolition derby with buses. They drive buses what? around. I mean, that's at least interesting. That's like, okay, you've tried to do something, but they tried to do the same scene just with a different vehicle, which is like, what the hell? And the <laughs> buses catch on fire. It's weird. But okay. mostly the, like the dancing, I guess, is interesting because they do some modern stuff and it's more, it's like adapted to sort of a modern style of dancing, but everything else is exactly the same. Everything else is the same and you don't have John Lithgow as the the preacher and you don't have mm-hmm. the stuff that really made that movie work so mm-hmm. you just have the crap that's left and it's like well what why did well, you do is this the re, is the remake a true musical are there like musical numbers where everyone no. sings and dances and bullshit no. no like they they use some of the same music like the dancing in this in the streets they yeah dance in the sheets whatever i mean that's, that's one of the reasons i i find a the bit. original footloose so charming is that a it's not a musical Right. There's no there's no musical numbers, which I fucking hate. Right. It's just about kids who dance, you know, and they don't necessarily dance all that great either. Like, you know, even at the end, the 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 briefly sort of synchronous thing they're doing on, you know, it's just like something that might actually happen at a dance. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's not choreographed. For the most part, I mean, it's choreographed, obviously it's a movie, but it doesn't feel choreographed exactly a little bit, but not much. It's not like this whole dance number. And that's what I like about it. And no one, in it, no one, it's actually all that great. Kevin Bacon, he's fine. He's okay. Dancer, but he's not like a trained dancer, you know, like right. uh, all these things are what I like about it. So I never saw the remake. Cause to me, that looked like a straight sort of musical where they're doing these choreographed numbers and shit. Yeah. That wasn't the problem. It was just that they, they took the best. They took the stuff from the first movie. They basically just re... It was it was a redo. It wasn't a sequel yeah. at all. It was a remake. So they brought nothing new. Poor. They're just like retreading the Except same shit Except for a Boston accent and some flaming buses. That's what they brought. Eh, yeah. Lame. Cash grab. Fuck ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I think, especially in those kind of... Yeah, so you're redoing something. And that remake, the Footloose one, is probably... 10 years old now i don't even know when that came out but um but you're yeah. but you're redoing stuff from the 80s that people can just go and see now they yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's not like it's in black and white or something you can just watch that movie you can find it right. it's no problem <laughs> yeah so why would you remake a movie like that yeah yeah well end of rant i know was were people really clamoring for a remake of footloose i mean is footloose that popular I mean, <laughs> outside of our age group? No, I don't think they, right, don't exactly. think so. <laughs> and even in our age group. You know where I draw the Are line? Are people putting I, Footloose in their top 20 of the 80s? I don't yeah, know. Probably yeah. not. I mean, I like it, but I wouldn't. There's a, a Point Break remake. Oh my God, I saw that. I would not watch it. I watched it's two minutes and I was like, no, awful. no, no. I couldn't do it. I could not watch that movie. It's unwatchable. It's it's one of the worst remakes I've ever seen. It's dog shit. Why would it you should do not, it? It should not exist. I know. I've, they, I've what? and I know we've talked about this before, but I feel like there's people that try to make these, you know, popular movies that were, you know, everything to us at the time. Clearly, yeah. you don't understand the movie. Right. Like you can't just do some thrill seeking. Okay, well, we'll just do uh, some different sort of uh, stunts, and we'll do some. Uh, right. You know, like no, 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 no. Come on. It's all about extreme sports. No, it's not, you fucking idiot. It's not, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. shit. Don't you get it? (laughs) Apparently not. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Point break, remake, point break. Get out of here. (laughs) Ubris. All right, Sam. We sound like old men over here. Help us out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Get us back in touch with the youth. <laughs> no, I Say something interesting about Beat Street. Go. Okay. So Beat Street is credited along with Wildstyle for introducing hip hop movement to Germany. Great. But more importantly, at that time, Germany was divided into East and West Germany. Sure. And it was still brought into the East. However, it was said to illustrate to the young communists the evils of capitalism because <laughs> the Street. film yes yeah. because I the film showed yeah graffiti and you know people live, doing stuff on the streets just all these things that were foreign to you know self look at this play really. kids are you seeing all this play right yeah. <laughs> so anyway, i thought it was really interesting it's like you make this movie about hip-hop and you realize that's you know, like Oh, we're going to use this as propaganda against capitalism. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why don't they just use like everything Madonna did? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. So there's your, there's your interesting little tidbit. Hmm. Excellent. Nailed it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. What are we doing next? Yeah. What are we doing next? All righty. Um, (laughs) Oh, I no. was. <laughs> yeah, you, you really. I'm, I really am the wild card here, aren't oh, no. I? I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going. I mean, I think I'd, like, that goes for all of us, though, right? I mean, nobody well, really. Well, just knows. starting with already sounds like you're asking us to brace ourselves. Like, all right, hold on, brace yourselves. <laughs> uh, okay, well, it's. I was just going to try to, you know, do a '90s movie, but I couldn't, so I stuck in the. I stuck with the A's. Nice. Um. Yeah, there are no movies in the 90s. No. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> no good ones. Yeah. No, I just, like I don't know. I, I was just bouncing ideas around. And I stuck with a certain director. Um, why don't I, I guess I could tell you the director and you, I'm sure you will guess it. But there okay. were, I was, I had a, t- I had a couple films in mind and strangely they were by the same director. Hmm. So. Hmm. Wait, wait one second. Let's guess the director. You want it? <laughs> No. <laughs> Action movie. Yes. Uh, Is it yes. Richard Donner? No, that's a good guess, though. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Is it John McTiernan? <laughs> no. I don't know if this... I don't know if he's known for... It's a he. Is it? I gave that away. Uh, if he's known for action, necessarily. I mean, his he's got some pretty different movies. So, Tony Scott? Uh, it's not Tony Scott, either. It is John Badham. Oh, John Badham. Oh shit! What did he direct? He directed some stuff. He directed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I can't think of anything. That's weird. Off the top of my head, I got nothing. And he yeah, ju- I don't know. He directed a couple of of my favorites in the eighties. Did he direct? Did he direct the National Treasure movies? Was that him? I don't think so. No. Who the hell was that? Um, I don't know. John Bannon. Why can't I think of anything? I, I mean, I know who he is. I just can't think of anything. I mean, he's got a he's got oh, he's got are a you, lot are in the eighties. So. before, I mean, it's all actually it's all in our timeline. Everything he's John done ben. in movie wise is in our timeline. So, hmm. um, war games. Gonna need more of a hint. Well, I said it was in the eighties. He just said war games. Is that John um, Batham? That is John Batham. Oh. And I love war games, yeah, but we've one. done so much Ma- Matthew Broderick that I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we probably why let that stop one. you? We will definitely do that one eventually. One of us will pick that. It was a different one. No. Um, well, yeah. I'd have to look up the list of what okay. he did. More okay, okay. And, All right. More so look, looking at uh, what we, he did, he did a, he did a couple movies we've talked about. Yes, we've talked about um, this movie that I picked. We've um, talked about Stakeout and we've talked about Short Circuit. Okay, so which of which he of those did two both do you think of those? It is? Yes, he did both of those. Eighty six wow. and eighty seven. Yeah, I can't even. Which of those do you think it is? <laughs> Short Circuit. Stakeout. <laughs> Sam wins. We're doing Stakeout. Yeah, oh, we shit. talked about Stakeout because <laughs> when we talked about Aiden Quinn. Uh, yes, we talked about Aiden Quinn. And I also thought, you know, I remember I saw it in the theater and I remember thinking it was good. I don't, I want to know if it is good, you know? It is good. I I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater probably with one of you. Um, I snuck into it. That's the last time I saw it. Because it was rated R. Yeah, we had to sneak in, right? And then, well, I I won't tell it now, but I have a a minor story 
about my father chastising me. Ooh. <laughs> related to stakeout. Oh. oh, I'm tuning in next time. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hook's dug in. I do I do remember liking stakeout quite a lot. Yeah. So hopefully it's I've seen it since. Sean, good pick. Nice work. <laughs> yeah. Is this our first Emilio Estevez movie too? Oh Holy no, shit, we did is it? we had no, no, it's not. What we, we, he's a double up. What did we have? We we got his earlier movie as a as a repo man. Oh yeah. right, right, yeah. All right. No, this is good. This was always on my on my list somewhere. Yeah, that's a good pick. I don't think it's available anywhere but rental. Correct. It's worth it. Yeah, oh, yeah. just rental. Every movie review is sure. worth it. <laughs> Generally, you can yes. buy it. Eighteen dollars. It can be yours. That might be a bit. Much. I don't think we can beat this review. I don't think we should even try. It's the yeah. that's not true. We'll most definitely the try. Most. <laughs> yeah, let's keep trying. But we'll keep so trying. So far, so good. Yeah, nailed it's it. Pretty incredible. Our track record of topping the last episode it really is. Who would have thought? This will be the next one. Will be this. This is eighty-eight. Stakeout will be eighty-nine. Wow. Wow. You hear that, listeners? You can say, I knew them. I listened to episodes one through three. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you probably don't want to listen to episodes one through three. The quality wasn't quite that good, but... Yeah, around episode 11, it starts getting better. <laughs> uh, somewhere the Princess Bride episode has that funny story with Wallace Shawn stepping in. Yeah, so we, should, we should revisit that. We should redo, remaster that if we could. I don't know how we do that, but such a good story. Like it's, we need a sound effect in there. Like a... <laughs> Alright, just the people that want to hear that story, you go back and listen to it. episode 3, Princess Bride, but everyone else, yeah. skip those. <laughs> skip all the other ones. Skip all the, other, skip all the early ones. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, whatever you want. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We'll All right, see, I'm done. Bye. We'll see you next time at Stakeout. Stakeout. That's the film with your brains. Y'all ready for this?